0: Of life in South Jersey through transportation solutions. Learn more about Cross County Connection at driveless.com. Scott Grayson hands out the grades at 973ESBN.com. Check them out. Grayson's grades are posted. Get the full list of grades at 973ESBN.com. And let's bring in Scott Grayson from 973ESBN.com and Fox29 as he joins us now. On the Boardwalk Honda Hotline with another edition of Grayson's Grades. Scott, how are you, man? Oh, I'm hanging in there. How about you, Mike? We're doing good. Uh, let's uh, get to the uh, report card because I think there's some controversial grades here once again. I know one that uh, uh, Hunter Brody might take uh, issue with. You gave Carson Wentz a D in the game. Now, Hunter thought he played really well. I said he was good, not great. You uh, gave him below average. I'm getting tired of the look there's there's home run balls that
1: he's missing repeatedly um you know and and i look i put in here i I really feel like carson is one of the toughest guys to grade week to week the guy has none of his top talent at receiver he has continues to go week to week missing more and more of his offensive line and and it's like well okay so how do you grade the guy i mean you know he is moving the ball down the field He, he they did put up points but I, I see these balls to John Hightower yesterday that th- they're there and he's just not connecting on them with them. And those, I mean, those are back-breaking plays if he if he can connect with them. And it's like, okay, well, you know, throwing the deep ball is supposed to be one of his strengths and they're just not connecting on them. And, and so I'm getting irritated with that from Wentz. The turnovers continue to mount. That continues to be frustrating. We've talked about holding the ball too long that results in some sacks and that negative yardage just really I mean, you know it, it just kills drives sometimes so I, I mean there's things that Carson's doing and and what he and, and Fulgham have developed in terms of chemistry is awesome and amazing and, and fun to watch but there's things that he's doing too that still make you pull your hair out and, and that's what I'm starting to kind of be like look you're you're in year five here these are mistakes that that shouldn't be happening so that's where I'm kind of at with Carson, but I admit he's a tough guy to grade just because, you know, in terms of grading anybody on a curve, he's probably one of the ones more than anybody else. You kind of have to sit there and go, well, yeah, but but this, but that, but that, but that, but despite all that, uh, it's still a loss.
2: Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with any of the points. I'm a little bit more optimistic on Carson Wentz than You were after the performance, and and Gil as well. You know, like, some of those, you're right. There are so many factors involved. The way I look at it is, though, like, they scored 29 points. And realistically, that should win you the game. Like, I thought Carson Wentz did enough to win you that game with a lot of weapons being out with an offensive line where you can't even establish the run in that game at all. So you're a one-dimensional team, and he was still making plays out there. And that's where I kind of lean towards... And maybe Gil's right. Gil goes. My expectations have changed so much that now I'm satisfied with this. And maybe that's true. But I do see week after week there seems to be more improvement each week, and that's why I'm more optimistic. than maybe so.
1: Well, you look. You look at Wentz, and, and you talked about the run game. Like I, you know, I don't pin that on Carson not having a run game. Obviously, that's not on him. Uh, and that's one of the things I knocked Doug for. I, I just feel like Peterson is so quick to abandon the run game sometimes. That it just becomes then very predictable, and I think he makes Carson Wentz's job much harder, and that's another aspect of things. You could even argue in terms of grading Carson on a curve. When when the defense knows it's going to be a pass, it makes his job that much harder, and 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 it's just sixteen run plays. And you know, you take the one out that that Miles broke, and they got like you know uh, 15 yards or something like that total uh, it's just ridiculous and and they've got to find they've got to find better ways to be able to move the ball look at pittsburgh pittsburgh knew they were going to have trouble running the ball so what did they do they ran the perimeter with end of rounds and and they loosened up the eagles defense that way you know you got to stop being predictable you got to stop being easy to figure out and then when they are making the eagles one dimensional it, it just makes it so much easier on that defense and harder on carson to get things done
0: yeah, and and I mean I, I would say he played a C, maybe C plus. I understand why look, I don't have a problem with people being tough on the quarterback. I I think the quarterback deserves most of the criticism. I thought he played a good game, not a great game. And I thought there was greatness to be had. There were plays that he missed. He was twenty of thirty five. That's not good. Uh but he did play much better, but still hmm, I expect more from from Carson I guess uh that's where I'm at with him so I don't mind your D I thought it was I thought it was tough which uh you have been criticized for not being tough enough on him this week you were tough on him Zach Ertz F (laughs) Zach Ertz F now uh Doug talked about that today and he insinuated that you know Wentz uh missed him a couple times that Ertz was open and Wentz missed him but overall Ertz doesn't look the same you gave him an F
1: yeah, and, and here's why I think Ertz doesn't look, and I kind of tried to put this in here, but I, I felt like I had, look, one catch is not going to get it done. If Zach Ertz has one catch, this team is not going to win very many games. Um, and I know, look, they're a different team, and he's a different when you have a Dallas Goddard on the other side, when you have an Alshon Jeffrey and a Deshaun Jackson healthy um you know he he certainly then there's a lot more opportunities for him these teams are taking him away and I you know and and again he's another one that I thought was tough to grade but in the end I kept saying to myself one catch on six targets it's it's not good enough and he and were almost inseparable uh in the past where it was like they were thinking with the same brain and now they just look totally lost together and I think some of it um for whatever reason, I, I think teams are taking Ertz away and saying, "Go ahead and beat us with somebody else." And now, you know, now they're going to have to respect uh, a and, and pay attention to tra- to Travis Fulham. But uh, at this point, there's nothing that 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 over the middle that is going to cause teams to allow Ertz to start having opportunities. And I think frustration is going to set in. And, and for me, it's like, look, uh, you know, Ertz has to find a way. Um, to, to catch more passes. And you're right. I, I agree with Doug's sentiment that perhaps there were some more opportunities for Wentz to hit Ertz. I I think Wentz at times was trying to just look for that big play downfield when he could have had some things underneath. And, I look, I like taking the shots downfield. But you've got to be able to get your best receiver, is Zach Ertz, on the field right now. You have to be able to get him more involved than one reception. And I think that blame goes on both Wentz and Ertz, and perhaps, to an extent, Peterson as well.
2: Sticking with your F grades, Jim Schwartz, he's definitely been getting a lot of the heat this morning, and you also threw Nate Gary in there. So tell us about why you gave both of them an F.
1: Well, I'll start with Nate Gary, because, I mean, that ship has been sinking for me the last few weeks. I've been been on the Nate Gary F train for a while, and, and it's not so much that I'm saying the guy can't play. I think he can play. I just think he can't cover. And my problem is he continues to be put in positions where you see him have to cover somebody, you know, credit to Pittsburgh. When they needed a play, they found a way to get Claypool matched up with Nate Gary. They are going to win that battle every time they run that play. And the Eagles didn't make any adjustments. Schwartz does not get Gary any help. And, you know, look, I'm going to play it again. Let's play it forward. Now they're going to play Baltimore this week. With Mark Andrews a tight end, he is a decent, one of the you know, better tight ends in the league. And I would not be surprised if he goes off and has a big game because Schwartz doesn't make adjustments. And Nate Gary will again be tasked with trying to go downfield with him. I, I, I'm tired of Schwartz's uh, inability to adjust to the way things are going. It was obvious that Pittsburgh was going to make Claypool the feature of, of that game plan as that game unfolded and as he continued to become more and more of a factor and Roethlisberger was getting more and more comfortable with him, It amazes me that there wasn't more done to try to be able to do something and that your solution is to have Claypool over the middle with Gary to try to come down him. and you know, that touchdown broke everything Uh, and it just took everything else away that ended the game. And, and I just can't stand seeing the, the uh, failure honestly from both Schwartz and Peterson. They both have, have, shown the inability to adjust in game. And, and it's really costing this team, I think, because they just continue to try to do the same things. Like I said about Peterson, they became predictable. Schwartz counts so much on getting pressure on the quarterback that if it's not there, these quarterbacks, they're good. They know what they're doing. They're going to pick your defense apart. And now you look at Lamar Jackson next week. How are you going to get pressure on him? He's so mobile that they're going to have to do other things. And these guys are going to have to be disciplined on defense To be able to stay in their spots and hold their zones and and their, their rush responsibilities so that he doesn't double back with his speed and agility and break something open. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I like Schwartz. I do. I'm just, I'm tired of the lack of adjustments. And when things aren't there with the pass rush, this defense falls apart. 38 points. That's uncalled for and should not happen against Pittsburgh.
0: Scott Grayson has Grayson's grades. He's at S. Grayson Fox 29. You can check him out on Fox 29. And, of course, Grayson's grades at 97.3 ESBN.com. Let's finish up with an A. Travis Fulgham, in two games, he already has more catches than J.J. Artega-Whiteside had all of last year. He almost has more targets in two games than J.J. has in his entire Eagles career. So I guess the question is, you gave him an A. Obviously, he earned an A. The question is, can he really play? I mean, is this a guy that they just kind of maybe found that you know that they backed into? Can Travis Fulgham play? You know what? I I think he can. There's a lot of he's made some very difficult catches, Um, ones that
1: we can all say Nelson Aguilar would have dropped. And you look at what Folgum is doing. And I think the guy's competing. He's gaining the confidence of his quarterback. And to me, that says more than anything else. When Wentz is go- Wentz is clearly having interception problems. When Wentz is going to throw him the ball in some spots where he's got to make some tough catches and he can pull them in. That is telling me more than maybe anything else. And it says that, that Wentz is seeing things in practice that are showing this guy can play. So You know, yeah, you talk about targets. You talk about, you know, they're not going to throw him the ball if they don't think he can make the play. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside isn't getting the targets. Well, what does that say? So you look at now, and I know everybody's starting to spin this forward and say, well, what happens when these guys get healthy? And I would argue, and I said this in the grades here, that I think Fulgham's ability to make some plays might end up making Alshon Jeffrey tradable here um, when he can get back on the field and maybe somebody will end up taking a flyer on him and you can get something for him. Uh, I think JJ Arthego Whiteside is going to be the odd man out if they don't trade Jeffrey, because right now he's just not producing. And Greg Ward to me is a reliable guy in the slot that I think Wentz likes there. Now you add Fulgham into the mix. You're going to get if you can get Jalen Rager, Deshaun Jackson, and Alshon Jeffrey healthy at some point. You know, I mean, this offense has a lot of, of potential if they can find a way to get there. But getting healthy is just so difficult. Uh, But I I like what Fulgham's doing a lot. He's providing a lot of energy. And what's going to be interesting to see is now what he has done in the last two weeks. How will Baltimore game plan against him? Are they going to try to take him away because he's the only guy producing right now? Or are they going to continue to shut down Zach Gertz like other teams have done and say Fulgham can't do it three weeks in a row? We'll find out. But I I like what what kind of energy and and, uh, I like the way the guy's playing right now. He's definitely breathing life into that offense.
0: Alright, uh, Scott Grayson, check out the full list of grades at 973 esbncom and see uh, what the report card looks like for an Eagles loss. Uh, 38-29 in Pittsburgh against the Steelers. They go to 4-0. The Eagles fall to 1-3-1. and Half game behind Dallas for first place in the NSE East. It is a Uh, Pretty bad NFC East, which lost Dak Prescott (laughs) yesterday as well. So this one should be pretty interesting all the way down. Of course, you can hear Scott on Sunday morning in the locker room with Billy Schwime as they get you ready for the Eagles and the Ravens. And then Scott will be back here on Monday with another edition of Grayson's Grades for Eagles Baltimore right here on the Sports Bash. Scott, thanks, man.
1: All right, you got it, guys. Have a good Monday. And
0: don't forget to check out Scott. Actually, uh, they usually do the Props and lock show on Thursday nights, but there is no Thursday night game this week. So I don't know what uh, they're going to be doing about that, but you can follow him on Twitter to find out. No, uh, no uh, Thursday night game this week. You got a Tuesday night game.
2: Yeah, we'll see how it plays out. It'll feel weird. I think on Thursday we're going to be sitting there going, damn, I miss football. Well, there is a
0: college <laughs> football game usually True. on Thursday, and you're going to have baseball, but going to get a football game on Tuesday. By the way, we're going to have that game for you here right here on 97.3 ESPN. Sports Bash Grayson's Grades are brought to you by Cross County Connection. Learn more about Cross County, County Connection online at www.driveless.com. Uh, when we come back, we got anytime hotline calls. We're going to play and react to some of those. Football at four with Andrew DeCheco, Casey Joyner, one thought on every game tonight at five fifteen, there's never an off season for the nfl it's football at four every day at 4 p.m on the sports bash with mike gill on 973 espn and the free mobile app health update with robin stoloff 3 espn fm all right 20 after 3 on the sports bash i'm mike gill at mike gill show follow me on twitter at mike gill show follow me on twitter Hunter Brody at Broads 81. Give him a follow over there. Check out Broads. Sports Talk with Broads has his reaction up at 97.3ESPN.com to that Eagles loss. But we're reacting live to it right now. 609-403-0973 on the text board. 609-403-0973. Give us your reaction to yesterday. I think there's so much here. I don't know. Do you leave that game frustrated or do you leave that game
2: saying – If they make a couple tweaks and adjustments, that they can fix some stuff. I don't know if it's either one of those. I'm definitely not frustrated. I don't leave going, oh, if they change a couple things, they're a team that can really win a ton of football games. I just think I understand where they're at. They lack talent. They lack depth. They're very injured right now. Well, okay. Okay. They competed, and that's where we're at. Sadly, we're at the point where they competed. They, they compete, were down and came
0: back if in they that com- game. Yeah,
2: if they compete and, and... I know
0: I like Pittsburgh more than you did coming yeah. in. I thought that's a good Pittsburgh team that I don't want to say they went toe-to-toe with, but they it was 14-14. They got down. They got back in it. They had a legit shot to win that game. A couple of uh, really bonehead mistakes, and as uh, John Clark's question was, look, they have the most players in the league on offense out they scored 29 points against what you know most
2: people think is a pretty good Pittsburgh defense when being one-dimensional too I really do feel like that's valuable to add to the conversation you were a one-dimensional team where they knew you were going to throw the whole time because they took away the run and you were still able to move the ball yeah the concerning part is the fact that you gave
0: up 38 points against a team that is okay offensively I guess they're probably like top 15 they're not bottom half of the league they're not top 5 that defense, but I mean, the defense. You're going to have games where the defense doesn't play well. I thought yesterday was a bad matchup for you because Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger, and you're and you're. Look, quite frankly, I thought Scott brought up a great point about this week. You got Andrews come in, yet Kittle the week before that. When the t- when the other team has a tight end oriented offense
2: where the tight end can really be a problem, you're going to have your hands full. Well, that's most of. The league in the in the year 2020, you're seeing a lot of tight ends. So yes, and you're seeing just like you saw yesterday with they're the Steelers. getting
0: the best of the best. I mean, yesterday Ebron's not one of the best though. That's a no. problem.
2: No, you're right. But the end around play where McLeod ended up getting that run, like th- that's the difference in studying the film and realizing that Jim Schwartz in this defense they bite on those type of plays. And that was a big 50 yard play where they ended up scoring a touchdown. So to answer your question, how do I feel leaving that game? It's like, I'm satisfied with the work ethic, but I understand that this team is just not good enough. When I watch Ben Roethlisberger, look at his players, right? And they're lined up at the line of scrimmage, and he looks up each matchup, and he realizes that he can win every single matchup based off of their talent being better than the Eagles talent. I realize that there's a monster problem with the way the roster is built. He could have picked on any player at any point On these matchups. And that goes to the way that this thing was built from the top. There's a lot of problems.
0: There is. I mean, there's no question about it. They've missed. Obviously, you could watch a game almost every week. Turn on your TV and be like, the Eagles
2: could have had that guy. The Eagles could have had that guy. The fact that Queen fell to the Ravens, oof. He could have been a player here. Now, we needed a wide receiver at the time. I'm not crushing the Eagles for going after Rieger, but with hindsight, let's just throw out a scenario. Say you get Queen, and then you go for a wide receiver in the second round, and then in the third round, you have more options or whatever the case may be, and this is when the whole Hurts thing, not to go down that road, I get it, there's a lot of problems right now, but my big problem with it was, I want everyday players, and then the gadget, because then the gadget makes more sense than the gadget before you get your secondary pieces, your linebacker. Like, you need those players first, and then the gadget becomes more effective. Look, the throw to Rodgers by Jalen Hurts? I didn't expect it. Awesome, right? Like, I'm, a, I'm not against the gadget, but you needed to build first. And hindsight is there. I wanted the wide receiver in well, the first Well, here's the
0: round. hindsight. I think most of us thought this team was better than they are now. When you entered this year, I don't think you thought this team was what you're seeing right now. Fair,
2: fair point. I agree with you. Now not we're this saying,
0: fair. right now we're saying, well, you needed this, this, and this. Well, hindsight is you need this, this, and this.
2: You didn't think that when you made that draft choice. I thought that there were holes, but did I think it was going to be this abysmal? No, no, I did not. Right, and, and look. I
0: certainly understand that they are going to could draft a linebacker knowing that they had zero intention of drafting a linebacker in the second round. That's why I'm like by the way, I don't think there was a linebacker drafted in the second round so to really hit knock on them and say
2: who was on the Bengals though who had that interception he was from a smaller school Logan Wilson was that the was first name. pick of the third round that was the name that was being discussed in that range of the second round pick ish if they wanted to go well, he linebacker. won 65
0: the Eagles took hurts at 53 right so right.
2: I just know that that was a name that was in the mix that's all I'm saying yeah the,
0: the first the next linebacker was taken was 63, was the second-to-last pick of the second round by Kansas City, Willie Gay, and then Logan Wilson was the first pick of the third round, and he was picked 65. And then after that, you I mean, you had Davion Taylor, I guess, was ticking in the third round somewhere, right? But,
2: but that stings, too. The fact that, okay, so you do go with Hertz. Okay. Then you draft a prospect linebacker. That's you where I have the big you problem. You just can't do that.
0: Is that they took a guy... That can't, a third round pick that can't help them at all. But I mean, the frustrating part is you watched Seattle last night, DK Metcalf. That's going to haunt you for eternity. That was insane. I said, literally, can't they petition the league to say we put the wrong initials down on our card? (laughs) We meant to put DK. We wrote JJ instead of DK. I mean, we just totally messed up. Can you give us a do over? Even the kid Claypool. He was drafted in the in the second round ahead of where you picked. Like, you couldn't have gotten him, but could you have, tr- like, targeted him, made a trade, and said, look, but you took Rieger in the first round, so you're not taking another guy in that second round. I mean, the wide receiver misses
2: – that they've drafted is unbelievable. It's It's unbelievable. It's two positions. It's corner and it's wide receiver. And those are players that you need to hit on. Then you can look at the offensive line. The fact that we casually just glance over the fact that they are playing with a third-string left tackle, with with Herbig, with Driscoll, with all these players. It's actually mind-blowing that we just casually jump over that as if it's not a big deal. That's how great they do with the offensive line. It's a shame, and look, they had flaws, they had holes, but ultimately, you score 29 points, the offensive line put you in a position to win... If they could do what they do with the offensive line with the secondary pieces and the wide receiver, it would be nice. They hit on those pieces and they develop them. Stoutland does a good
0: job. Goes back to the question we were kind of going on earlier. Sidney Jones um, was the player of the game for Jacksonville. Now, what does that mean? I mean, he had four pass breakups. He had an interception in the game. So, Jacksonville.
2: He was always hurt here, though. He
0: was. He was always hurt. That was nope doubt his availability was a big problem, but they just cut him this
2: year. They gave him up for nothing. Should they have given him another shot? I was okay with the Sidney Jones one. With Rasul Douglas, we were just screaming that maybe he's not a great outside corner. Could he be utilized in another way that could get the best out of his skill set? Well, he's doing fine on the outside for Carolina. I know. You are right. You are absolutely right. But I know the big conversation with him was should he be a safety? He can't move his hips very well. But to be fair, as much as you are right, they are going other places and succeeding. They were not succeeding here, so and they had plenty of chances. So at what point do you chalk it up to, look, how many more chances? If we gave Sidney Jones another chance, the same people would be freaking out that he's here still, and they didn't cut him. Yeah,
0: I saw this tweet last night from the uh, Jacksonville Jags official Twitter account. Cornerback Sidney Jones had an interception and four pass deflections, including one that led to another interception. He is the superior friend's defensive performance performer of the game did they tag the Eagles oh man I would have
2: seriously I would have tagged the Eagles like hey thanks for this one I mean you know what I thought about though when that when I saw that same tweet he's playing in Jacksonville right nobody gives a damn about Jacksonville how much pressure do we really put on people And, and I look you're a professional athlete you shouldn't worry about it and that's fair right that is a reasonable point But when you're playing in a city where you don't have to worry about the media at all, just go out and play, and then you play in Philadelphia, how much pressure, how much is it really intensified for people to play here? No
0: doubt that playing here is bigger than Jacksonville. But right now, there's nobody in the crowd anywhere. So you don't have to worry about being booed in your own building or anything like that. By the way, Pro football-focused positional rankings. Rasul Douglas, 10th out of 108. You go to the Panthers' website. How Rasul Douglas made the most of his opportunity in the Panthers' secondary. I mean, it's unbelievable. So they drafted a guy in the second round, Jones. Third round, Douglas. And now they're performing elsewhere. That's frustrating. And like I said, every game you turn on the TV, you're watching, you're seeing a guy, Dallas C.D. Lamb. Um, I mean, you couldn't have got these guys. They weren't there when you were available. Justin Jefferson, Iuke, uh, T. Higgins has two touchdowns against you, and your guy's sitting out with his thumb injury. He what what essentially got to yeah. throw up his ass. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's sad. It's, it's
2: hard to be upset with Jalen Rieger, though, because uh, no, it's just unfortunate. I, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not upset with him. I'm
0: just saying, like, these guys are performing all over the league. Claypool, four touchdowns
2: yesterday, and your guy is the one guy who can't get on the field. Another name you forgot to mention was Nelson Aguilar. He's playing well with the Raiders. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep, yep, yep. He's, he's, playing, well. he's playing well. Another one where Another I one. think it, it had to have been the mindset of knowing he is someone who drops so many balls here
0: in Philadelphia. I just think he was, they, they used him wrong. I think they had him playing the outside. He was a slot guy. They had him in the—and that was a product of injuries, that they had to keep using him in a spot that he, he didn't— I always say, you got to accentuate his positives. Well, they weren't.
2: Because of injury, they had to play him in other people's roles. When he played his role, he played it well. The thing I'm seeing out here, though, in Vegas, is he's tracking the football, though. Like, why do these people leave and then they excel with things that they struggled here? He's tracking the football.
0: We'll do the anytime hotline calls on the other side. Bacharach is the only North Recovery robot in South Jersey. You know your rights to access the most advanced rehab available today. Visit Bacharach.org for more information. Uh, LeBron won the NBA championship last night. I kind of got lost in the sauce, but uh, he wins another one and the MVP. Baseball last night, Rays win. I'm into that series. I watched a little bit of that last night. All these games and stuff are getting lost, man. I'm getting lost. Got football tonight. Got football tomorrow. I mean, baseball playoffs. Hey, finally, we got a night. T- no, you don't. I'm mean, sorry.
2: Football took tomorrow too. They took a the day off on Saturday and then restarted on Sunday. Yeah. No weird baseball. That is. Well,
0: yeah. And the NBA playoffs says, uh, let's go up against the NBA." Let's go up against Sunday night football. Not smart. I'm sure the NBA ratings are going to be terrible.
2: I wonder how the Rays and Astros ratings went. Probably not good. If I had to guess, you might be correct. Uh, the has got football
0: at four. I got a lot to ask the Checo. A lot. Casey Joyner, one thought every game, 515. Kevin Harlan here from Monday Night Football on Westwood One. Hall of Fame quarterback Kurt Warner now have the call from New Orleans when the line calls and hear what you guys had to say. Your reaction to the game yesterday, brought to you by GMS Law. Make the right call. With four convenient locations to serve you online at gmslaw.com. The Anytime Hotline, you can react after every Eagles
2: football game. Give them the number. 856-442-9805. Anytime Hotline. 856-442-9805. All
0: right. You can uh, call and leave a message at any time and react to the Eagles win or loss. We got a plethora of calls. After this one, let's uh, dive into some of the Anytime Hotline calls and get the reaction from our listeners today. Here we go. I can't even be upset with the fact that we lost. I'm more so just clarified about what this team is. We played a bunch
1: of mediocre teams with mediocre quarterbacks, and we lost. Um, Now we play a team with a good quarterback, a good coach, a great defense, and we lose. It's kind of two plus two for me, knowing that we don't have the offensive personnel to really make something happen. We don't really have the defensive personnel in terms of secondary. The front seven is good, but we're just not good enough. We don't have the talent. We've been wasting our drafts for four years, and now it's caught up to us. Uh, The anger should be pointed at Howie Roseman. Everyone needs to be
0: looking at Howie Roseman. I think the point he makes is an eye-opener. You play some mediocre teams. You lost. You tied. You lose to Washington. Look, Washington's awful. awful. The Bengals are bad. You tie the Bengals. Now, you can make the argument, sure, you're banged up. Doesn't matter. You have Carson Wentz. They don't. And you can't win those games. We talked about it early. He was the reason why you lost that first game. Eh, I mean, imagine if you beat the Bengals and beat Washington. It's acceptable to lose on the road to Pittsburgh the way you did yesterday. It's acceptable. Well, you would have beaten if you would. You would essentially be three and one right now if you took care of business the way you should have. It's inexcusable to lose to Washington and and tie the Bengals.
2: It is. At first, I honestly thought he was trying to make it seem like the Pittsburgh Steelers were a mediocre team with a mediocre quarterback. Did you kind of feel? Yeah, that's would, why I was like, wait, wait a second. Yeah, I had to take a step back. Like, where is he going here? But as he went forward, he obviously mentioned the the Steelers in a different category. You're right, and early in the season, it was all about Carson Wentz and how poor he really was playing – Last week, it was okay. This week, it's trending more towards, you know, good for me and even a little bit better than good. I thought he played solid. It's like both sides of the ball can never put on a great performance at the same time. It's either the offense gives you 29 points and the defense can't play at all, or the defense is unreal, but then the offense can't move the ball. Yeah, and I
0: can accept, look, you're going to have weeks where you don't play well on one side of the ball. Definitely. thought their defense did not play well yesterday. Um, and I don't think that their defense has been as bad as they were yesterday all season long, though. Yesterday, I thought, unfortunately, they didn't get the pressure again. They had the pressure of the game against uh, uh, San Francisco. I think
2: the Steelers countered that, though. Like You saw Big Ben get the ball out within, bang, the snap of your fingers. Like it, He was making sure that defensive front did not get the time to get the pressure, and from there, you don't really have much else because the bread and butter of this defense is the defensive front.
1: But it came down to the wire this team choked. Um, I think the, the play call by Jim Schwartz was probably the worst thing you could have done, putting May Gary on, I can't remember his name, that best receiver that they had. Scored four TDs. Crazy, man. Wentz, I mean, he's struggling, but in the end, he played all right. I mean, he didn't play as bad as I thought he was going to do. But
0: in the end, this team fell short. Let's make sure these Cowboys lose and keep our title in the division right now. Well, they won. Uh, How do you not remember the guy's name, Claypool?
2: Yeah, it almost makes me feel like this call, hey, get out of here. You don't know Claypool? Get out of here. Right? A guy scored
0: four touchdowns. You don't remember his name. Look, the play call that Schwartz dials up, to have Geary in that spot, now it's been kind of like McCloud, kind of insinuated that like... I don't know. I mean, who was McCloud blaming there? Like, oh, it was my fault. I could have got over there and helped him out. But, you know, if you watch the video from Acho, he's saying, look, McCloud had his hands tied because if he leaves, then his guy's open. They had five receivers, and you don't have five defensive backs. Here's what this reminds Because Slay's me of. out of the game. He's right. hurt. So you're, now you're down to four, which means somebody has to line up, and typically Pittsburgh has the personnel They normally would have had a running back in that spot. It would have been like James Conner or one of their running backs. To have a linebacker up against the running back is fine. They didn't put a running back in that spot. They put a wide receiver in that spot, and that's where you were down a corner. They went five wide because they knew that somebody was going to be in a mismatch because you were out of cornerbacks. That's where not having Slay, he was out because of the concussion, I, if I'm going through my memory, I don't think they had five healthy defensive backs to
2: put out there, right? Because Craig James was in, dude. James was in. They did. They did bring somebody up, but it's some guy we never even heard of before. Yeah, the gay. Uh, yeah, uh, something Gaylord weird, Lord or something. Something like that. Yeah, I've never even heard of the guy before. So I guess in theory there was a guy out there. This somewhat reminds me though of to a, to an extent of the Workman-Neris kind of conversation because a lot of people are going with, I don't want Gary out there at all. You got to get him out of there. And then I ask, well, who do you want? Anyone but Nate Gary. And it seems like that's similar with your mindset of Brandon Workman, anyone but him. Yeah. But, like, when you get to that part of a conversation, when you don't want anyone but Nate Gary, then I ask you who, and you start throwing all these names out there, then sure, you know what, someone other than Nate Gary, like this guy we never heard of, might come in there, or Sean Bradley, or whoever you want to put in there, put in there. Once you get to that conversation, though, I have already transformed into why are we even put in this situation where we're arguing these two people being who needs to make the play, because they're both not good enough. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I don't subscribe to
0: it, though, obviously. Right. (laughs) I mean, we already... What
2: are you supposed to do, though, with Nate Gary? Um, I call timeout
0: and get his ass off the field. And and put in? uh, Well, Maddox is hurt. Slay is out. So I'm assuming who was left? Roby Coleman, LeBlanc,
2: Graylin Arnold, Craig James. Exactly. And this is where, while you might want to go in another direction, and fine, I'm not against putting one of those guys in over Nate Gary, I look at it as... I don't care the fact that we are listing off these names as the options is where my frustration well, here's what lies I would say so to that here's is. what I
0: would say to that fine the point is you have a guy who has three touchdowns I would have tried to got had one of those other options put our smallest
2: corner on him. on him
0: as opposed to my linebacker
2: uh, sure and I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying but I feel as if you are so you're, you're screwed either way, is honestly my point. Hector Neris for a third inning or Brandon Workman? I don't care. They both stink. These options, it's, I don't care. We're screwed anyway. And why are we screwed? That's the big question. Why are we screwed? Why are we in this position? That's where my frustration goes, more so than that specific play. But I'm not knocking what you're saying. Are there better options? Probably, because Nate Carey stinks. I just am already worked up about why we're even having this conversation, more so than who he chose in that scenario.
1: Say his name, Travis Fulgham is a beast. It's just super exciting to see an explosive receiver like that. I hope he can uh, maintain this
0: level of success as the weeks go on. But, I mean, bottom
2: line is defense has got to play good when the offense is playing good. And uh, it just doesn't seem like they can play good at the same time right now.
0: Uh, a positive call, I guess, to some extent. He went Fulgham on us. I mean, I, I, I look, I like the co- Fulgham conversation. Did the Eagles find a guy? I'm interested to see what happens when he comes back. Does he lose snaps to Alshon Jeffrey?
2: You can't. There's no way you can do that right now. I After mean, when Alshon Jeffrey,
0: Rieger, Goddard, because remember, when Goddard's back, you're going to be 12 personnel, which means that means a receiver is probably coming off the field. Deshaun Jackson, Alshon Jeffrey, Jalen Rieger,
2: Folgum, what are you gonna do? Well, when we had Adam Kaplan on for football four last week, I asked what are the expectations for someone like Alshon. He said he would be on a very limited snap. Well, I am talking about so.
0: four weeks after he's well, in. We'll know once more about into, once he's like in, and let's say Folgum just keeps producing without Jeffrey. Let's say Jeffrey can't. Although if he doesn't play next week, then it goes back to what you asked about last week. Why didn't you pop him if he wasn't ready? And like I said, well, you had like you said, it's like Nairis or Workman, right? I had no other option. If he had a chance to play in the fourth week, I didn't want to be handcuffed by not having him. That being said, when Jeffrey comes back and Jackson comes back and Rieger's back, now that's going to be around ninth ninth week of the season. That's
2: three guys who are going to be on the field, right? If he continues to play this way, by week nine, he's continuing to be in that lineup. He earned him spot. If he's getting 10 receptions, 150 yards, which, by the way, isn't going to happen every single week. But if he's producing to this level, he's going up and grabbing a football one-on-one with a DB, and he's attacking the ball at the highest point. I don't know what that even looks like it's been so damn long. He's making really special plays out there, so if, if he's doing this... He deserves to stay out there. It's on Doug Peterson then. Oh, I have too many weapons? Is that what we're afraid of right now? Too many weapons? It's on Doug to figure it out if that's the case. Well,
0: in two games, Fulgham has 12 catches, 209 yards, two touchdowns, and 16 targets. Last season in 16 game, Artego Whiteside has 22 targets, 10 catches for 169. Wow. I mean, if anything is pretty clear, the Eagles should move on from Artego Whiteside. Here's what I'll be
2: flipping
0: out about. If Ortega Whiteside is active on game day and Folgum is not when those guys are all back.
2: I can't find that. You're going to have five
0: case. wide receivers active, okay? Jeffrey, Rieger, Jackson, Ward. Who's that guy? Who's the fifth? You want to hear something? You're going to bench White Whiteside, no. your
2: second round pick? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Okay, I'm saying, to. are they?
0: My question is, are they?
2: They would have to. They would have to. Now, I want to bring something up about J. though, that most people won't want to hear. I want to get your thoughts on it. That 74 yard run by Miles Sanders. J. Jaw had a play. Phenom- that was
0: the best play in yeah, yeah. his
2: Eagles career. Yeah, he had a phenomenal that block. That was the best play <laughs> in his Eagles career. He did have a nice block. Him and Greg Ward, I believe, the other one was. Nice block downfield by the wide receivers. That's the only thing he's used for at this point. Your second round. Pick has used a block for you. That's his best talent. At
1: linebacker, we have an emergency. We cannot stop anything. It's a problem, and you can tell there's a discrepancy. You know, they, we get taken advantage of all the time. It's getting ridiculous. And, you know, I think back to the linebackers we let go because maybe they didn't look good. But, you know, like, they would definitely make those plays. They have the speed and the power. You know, I look at Nate Gary. Yeah, I guess he's a smart guy, but he doesn't have it. We need a real leader in the middle. That's all I can really say. Um, Jim Schwartz, the scheme sucks, but he also doesn't really have anybody.
0: Linebacker stinks. Not saying something we don't know, but... I think it needs to be harped on.
2: LJ Fort. did Right, exactly. I mean, did Jim Schwartz sign off on these guys? That is a great question. I do think it's reasonable to bring it up. When you look at this roster, when you're talking to Howie Roseman, is he saying, I like this guy, I like this guy, do you want to go here, do you want to go here, or is it all Howie in the front office? Well, saying, I think the is perception
0: it. is that Jim Schwartz wants, wants these guys, and these are the guys that he asked for. I can't imagine that Jim Schwartz said, you know what? Can you please get me Nate Gary, Davion Taylor, Alex Singleton? I mean, Singleton, I thought, played I think Singleton needed more snaps. I I thought he
2: was, again, productive when he was on the field. Do you have the snap count up? I I don't know what he absolutely finished with at the end of it. But, yeah, I mean, Nate Gary's playing 100% of the snaps. But keep in mind, TJ Edwards was out. So, that plays a role into the l- lack of depth that you have at linebacker to begin with.
0: Yeah. The snap counts, by the way, for yesterday, I have the Eagles uh, wideouts. It was Hightower 50, Ward 48, Fulgham 37. No, that's that was last week. Uh, against us. Here we go. Steelers. The snap count yesterday for receiver. Hightower 48, Fulgham 46, Ward 41, Whiteside 8. Quez Watkins five uh defense a linebacker Geary 57 Riley 56 no Geary 75 yep Riley 56 Singleton 28 and Riley left the game at one point remember he was on the card yeah he and then he came back uh I think that's when Singleton started to get more snaps Safety corner. McLeod, 75. Mills, 73. Slay, 60. Epps, 54. Epps is bad, by the way. He needs to get off the field. Coleman, 32. LeBlanc, 30. 13 for James and Kayvon Wallace. And I thought Wallace had a tough day at the office, too.
2: But isn't that pretty telling? I understand why people are frustrated with Jim Schwartz today, but Jim Schwartz with talent, I think, is a hell of a defensive coordinator. Any defensive coordinator who has this talent is going to struggle. You need talent to win in the NFL, and this team just does not have enough talent. But you mentioned Quez Watkins. he Didn't he have a play down the right sideline that was a flag, a pass interference call or something? Yeah, There you go. There's your guy. You wanted a little Quez Watkins? Got a little Quez Watkins? I was all about that. Yeah. <laughs> I saw you. I saw you getting fired up. No, I didn't see you. All right,
0: let's get another. I think there's some bright spots. Travis Fulton was a b. F- b. Um,
1: he did really well, but honest to God, fire f- Nate Gary, this dude is not an NFL linebacker. I can't believe this man's getting snaps over Davion Taylor and Sean Bradley. What the f***? Mm, it's so frustrating to watch. You put your worst cover linebacker on Chase f-ing Claypool, who's been roasting us the entire game? This loss is on Nate Gary and Jim Sh- I know Jim Sh- it's called a solid game for the most part, but
0: uh, I will die on the sale if I have to. Nate Geary is not an NFL That's linebacker. a hell that I wouldn't mind dying on. Yeah,
2: I agree. I think anyone can agree with that one, right? right?
0: There's a lot of times they are like, if you want to die on that sword yourself, you go for it. Nate Geary needed to be replaced. I don't think I have a problem. I have zero problem with that. And like Grayson said, you know, he's not a bad football player, but what he is, is not a starting linebacker. If you want to say he's a situational player, I don't know what that situation is. It's certainly not the situation that he's in right now. The situation that he's in right now needs to change. And
2: how does a guy who played safety in college, the thing that he stinks at is coverage? That's a great question. I want to bring this up to you because I asked, okay, no Nate Gary, right? So what do you want to do? A Sean Bradley, a Davion Taylor. Yeah. If I said wide receiver to you before Folgum was who he was, I probably would be like, "Who do you want?" Folgum. And then last year, who do you want? Greg Ward. As if who are these guys? <laughs> Is there a way that Sean Bradley or Davion Taylor could be a Folgum that's just waiting around until he gets an opportunity? Or I,
0: Singleton. You're
2: right. If you want to look down that road, it's like these players aren't playing. Davion Taylor must show absolutely nothing. Is he, even active? Absolutely nothing. is he on the
0: practice squad? Is he active? I haven't seen him get a snap. I haven't heard his name since he was drafted. Me neither. I, I don't know. I don't see. He's not on the inactive list on game day. So is he on the practice squad? I haven't. Special does he special play teams. He plays special teams?
2: Okay, so he doesn't get any snaps
0: on the field
2: whatsoever. Well, yeah, I just questioned. So I am one of the ones that look at the roster and go, who do you want? Because there's no one really available and others throw alternatives, which I'm not looking at and saying that makes no sense. I get it. How come all these players that aren't playing come in, step up, and then they become somebody or at least make a special play? Like, why are, why does this continue to happen with this team where these players who are so down low on the list finally get their chance and overplay everybody else? And you were saying, why didn't that happen three weeks ago? Make the damn change. I don't understand. If I can hold Schwartz accountable for
0: something, unless he's literally keeps putting Geary out there to show Roseman this is what you gave me. Kind of like the whole bullpen thing. Look, these are the guys you gave me. I'm going to keep going out there with this guy because that's who you gave me. It's possible. He's stubborn because he's saying, who else do I have? I'll just keep giving you Geary. If this is what you gave me, Geary, I'll give you Geary. All right, Sports Bash Cash, here we go. Another chance for you to win some big money right now, up to $10,000. All you need to do is enter the word CARD.